there. Welcome. And thanks for listening along with Kingstown Communion, an inclusive and affirming United Methodist Church in the Kingstown area of Alexandria, Virginia. And our community exists to gather people, just like you here now, into communion with Christ and extend God's table into the world through courageous conversation, creative community, and collaborating for the common good. This podcast is just one way that we live this out. For more information about our church or to give to our ministry, visit kingstowncommunion.net. And if you live nearby, we hope you'll join us for worship on Sundays at Hayfield Secondary School. expect the amount of enthusiasm about that. I like that. That's good. That's interesting. I'm trying to make sense of that. All right, good. Um, So this is from James 1, um, verses 26 through 27. If anything, they are religious and do not bridle their tongues, but deceive their hearts. Their religion is worthless. Religion that is pure and undefiled before God the Father is this, to care for orphans and widows in their distress and to keep oneself unstained by the world. This is the word of God for us, the people of God today. Thanks be to God. Um, Well, today we're in week three of this series um, on on the book of James together. We're calling it Upwards, um, and and we're still in chapter one um, because um, chapter one has a lot of really good meat, and I didn't want to not cover this. And so um, today's verse will be the shortest one we will read throughout the whole series, probably the shortest we maybe have read here at Kingstown ever on a Sunday morning. Um, and uh, mainly the reason for that, just like so you know, is uh, most of the time you, you can't just read two verses and it mean anything at all. Um, so those of you who, who, um, who maybe are used to come from places where people like to quote one-liners of verses, normally are one-liners of verses, like we've been quoting them about something that has nothing related to it. So it's why we try to take it in context of a whole, a whole, a whole piece. Um, but I wanted to, to make this um, a big part of our, um, of our series today. And so, um, did you hear it? Did you take it in for a second? Um, Let's read it again. Um, If any think they are religious and do not bridle their tongues but deceive their hearts, their religion is worthless. Religion that is pure and undefiled before God the Father is this, to care for orphans and widows in their distress and to keep oneself unstained by the world. Um, Today, James calls us, those of us who are gathered in a place like this for an act of worship like this, as Christians living out our religion, um, James calls us to think about what true religion looks like. And James says, um, he says, if any think they are religious, but do not bridle their tongues, they deceive their hearts. And so first let's address this word religious, um, this word religion, um, because religion really gets a bad rap, right? We um, 
I'm not religious, I'm spiritual, people will say, or I'm not really religious, but I do go to a church, you know. Um, so to address this word religion, um, it, it comes from the Greek word religio, um, and it, it actually is the same root as like um, ligament, um, the word ligament, and so think about what a ligament does. The word religion, um, it means the thing that holds things together. Our religion is that which binds and holds our life together. That seems like a good thing, right? So maybe we don't get rid of the word religion. Um, and James says, when what holds our lives together is true and pure and untainted, the evidence of it has something to do with our tongues which has something to do with caring for widows and setting ourselves apart from whatever taints and deceives the world or, or our heart. And, and said another way, more simply, when what holds our lives together is pure and true and untainted, when our religion is lived rightly, it has something to do with how we speak up before God or for others. Which reminds me of one of my favorite parables from Jesus. And so I'd like for us today to get to the heart of what James is talking about at the end of, of James 1 by getting to the heart of what Jesus is talking about um, in Luke 18. And so let's, let's look at this together. It's one of my favorite. It comes up often in our household, actually, um, for various reasons of life. And then Jesus told them a parable about their need to always pray and not to lose heart. And he said, in a certain city, there was a judge who neither feared God nor had respect for people. In that city, there was a widow who kept coming to him and saying, grant me justice against my accuser. For a while, he refused, but later he said to himself, Though I have no fear of God and no respect for anyone, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will grant her justice so that she may not wear me out by continually coming. And the Lord said, Listen to what the unjust judge says, and will not God grant justice to his chosen ones who cry to him day and night? Will he delay long in helping them? I tell you, he will quickly grant justice to them, and yet when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on earth? Um, so Olive said the word church this week for the first time, which is really good news for my household. Um, I've been really worried that she doesn't know what it is because it's in a place like this, right? And um, these days I'm starting to be super aware of what she's experiencing in a place like this or going to things like VBS. Um, and I'm starting to hold myself a little bit more accountable um, to how to model and talk about faith at home. And I promise you, I know that it's hard, or I've come to know that. Um, so she's two. Uh, so if we're gonna start some kind of family tradition of prayer or um, begin this conversation, I've got to start now, right? And I will admit, 
believe it or not, we've not been the best at it before now. It was a few weeks ago after, um, after we prayed that I got the first indication that maybe um, we might have already contributed to gaps in our religious education. Um, and let me tell you why. Um, we bowed our heads to pray at the table and all of us, Mommy, what are you doing? It's like, well, that's a sign. <laughs> um, why are you talking with your eyes closed? <laughs> right? It's strange. It's strange. Um, I said, we're praying. We're talking to God. And Olive kept asking over and over and over again, just not satisfied with that answer, kept asking, Mommy, what you doing? And she kept pestering me for an answer. And I had, I had, I had already given her an answer. <laughs> Why isn't she satisfied with that? Um, a, few, a few days later, we were at a birthday party in our neighborhood for an older, older kid in our neighborhood. And um, her mom asked her, as she's about to blow out her candles, aren't you going to make a wish? And, and she said, do I have to make a wish? And her dad said, yeah, you need to make a wish. You need to make a wish. And um, she's like, I don't know why I keep doing this. Last year, I wished that my best friend wouldn't move away. And she did. So like, why do we make a wish? Um, and no one answered her, and uh, I, it kind of would have been insulting to answer her, I think, under those circumstances, since her question was much better than any response that any of us could have given. Uh, a really good question. And I thought, like, goodness, um, I really hope Olive grows up and starts talking to God and speaking up about what's on her heart and that she does not confuse prayer with wishing, right? But it sounded a lot like often the way we talk about prayer. Why do any of us keep wishing for things, things we know won't happen? Why do we do that? Why do we keep tossing up the coins of our heart's desire <laughs> um, into pools of spiritual water, religious water, coming into a space like this, into, the, into this, this spiritual, supernatural realm, whatever it is, why do we keep tossing them up um, and then have them like swallowed up as if they've never been fulfilled? And so if, if I had been prepared in that place, I might have spoken up and said something like, um, well, something inspired, something that reflects that I had anything to say on the subject at all, but I didn't, and I wasn't prepared, and it also wasn't the place for it, um, being with my neighbors and all. Um, but when I, start, when I start talking to Olive intentionally about prayer, I, I, I really I want to make sure I tell her the truth about what she can expect so that she can understand that religion a religion that is pure and true and isn't tainted, a religion that doesn't deflate us and disappoint us, like what that actually looks like. I hope to say something that she can test herself once I say it, um, so that she can doubt and then go test it out about how God loves her and listens to her but in that case, I will need, I'm going to need a ready explanation 
for why it doesn't always seem so, right? How do you do that? What do you say? Um, why, when she does speak up about her heart's desires for herself or for her family or for widows or orphans or whoever is in distress any given day in our world, right? That sometimes she, what she's going to hear when she clears her throat and longingly like speaks up before God, sometimes she's going to hear nothing. And sometimes she's going to ask for things that don't come to pass, right? I think I will um, skip the usual stuff when I, t- when I finally do have a a conversation with her about prayer, a real one. I think I'll skip the usual stuff about how no is a valid answer from God. As true as that may be, it also sounds stingy to me. Also think I might um, stay away from the stuff about how she should only ask for (coughs) what is according to God's will. Because um, that could backfire and she could get really confused about what is God's will and, and how her desires match with God's desires and decide never ever to speak up before God again, convinced that she is destined to fail at that. I think what I want her to know is that the best thing about prayer is the relationship itself. Whether or not she gets what she asks for, I want her to keep asking. I want her to keep speaking up. I want her to pester God the same way the widow pesters the judge, the same way Olive pesters me, (laughs) thinking of, of different ways to plead her case before God. And I want her to long for God the same way that she longs for her daddy when he's traveling, right? Holding fast to him even when his chair is empty. And when she complains that none of this does any good in her life, which she's going to complain at some point in time, I'm going to ask her to tell me the difference between how she feels when she's praying how she feels when she's speaking up before God about the desires of her heart and the desires she has for the world. I want her to tell me the difference about how that feels versus how she feels when she thinks about completely giving up and doing nothing. When she stays quiet and she keeps her hopes and her prayers to herself, I want her to tell me the difference between how that feels and when she actually does lift them up before God. And if I'm lucky, then, um, she's going to tell me that she feels more alive when she is praying and speaking up before God in praise and in sadness and when she's angry, that she can do all of that. And somehow, no matter what, all of it makes her feel more alive than the alternative. And that is when I will tell her the story about the persistent widow that loud-mouthed woman who bothered the unjust judge until he gave her what she wanted. And will not God grant justice to his chosen ones who cry to him day 
and night. Jesus asks his disciples at the end of this story, will not God grant justice to his chosen ones who cry to him? Will, will, will God not delay long in helping them? For God recognizes, I believe, recognizes religion that is pure and undefiled, and that is when, that religion is when, when, when the heart speaks up for, for, for the widow and isn't tainted by a world that tells us that prayer doesn't work or is pointless. I hope to tell her that the story of the persistent widow is one of my favorites, even if I don't fully understand it, and that there is no, there, there's, there's more to, to prayer than the answer to prayer itself. There's more to speaking to God than, than expecting to hear a voice in return. And there is also, there's also the prayer, right? The prayer, the, the, the speaker who is shaped by the act itself. What the, what the persistent widow knows is that, that the most important time to pray is, is when your prayers seem meaningless. If you, if you don't, if, if, if you do not go yell under the, under the judge's window, like, like here, what, what are you going to do if you don't do that? Are you going to take to your bed with a box of Kleenex? Are you going to forget what matters altogether? None of those things feel nearly as good as pleading at the judge's window. And every day of your life, you are going to get up and you're going to speak up and you're going to go ask for what you want and you're going to trust the process regardless of what comes out of it. Because the process itself is what gives you life. That's, that's why we show up here. It's the process itself that gives the life. That's what true and pure an undefiled religion looks like and feels like and sounds like. And so let's look again at this. If any think they are religious and do not bridle their tongues but deceive their hearts. What ways have you have you denounced the power um, of God or, or even the fact that God might desire to hear from you <laughs> unbridled tongues as they are and deceived your own heart in the process confused that confused that, that, the, that what we get out of the prayer is the point of prayer itself religion that is pure and undefiled before God the Father is is to to speak up for and to care for and to plead before God for orphans and widows and whoever else is oppressed and, and to keep oneself unstained from the world that tells you that that is not worth your time. And so James today says to speak up. And one day when, when Olive asks me outright whether prayer really works. I'm going to say, I hope. Um, of course it does. Because it keeps our hearts chasing 
after God's heart. That's the purpose of it. It's, it's, it's how we bother God and pester God, like tug on God's like robe, tug on God's coat. It's how we bother God and pester God and how, and how God often sometimes bothers us back too, right? And there's nothing, I, I think, for, for true faith, nothing that works better than that. Let us pray. God, today we bother you and we tug at your, um, tug at your coat a bit. Because if, um, if we had it our way, um, Linda Sammons would uh, still be here and, um, and, and the Sammons wouldn't be mourning. If we had it your way, um, saints in our congregation who, um, who are going through deep depression or job loss, who are feeling the weight of a broken relationship or addiction, if we had it our way, none of that, um, God, would be. And so we tug, God, as we should, we tug at your coat and we pray and pray that death would be no more and that um, every tear would be dried up and um, that we wouldn't experience financial strain and we wouldn't ever know what it's like to be wounded by a friend. We bother you and we pester you, God, over and over and over again until our hearts are molded until we become closer and closer to the people you've called us to be. And we can't get there also, God, by you not also bothering us, pestering us with all the, all the, way, all the things we don't understand and keep showing up in our lives and your presence is, is we, can, we know it's there and even when things don't make sense to our brains. We thank you, God, that when we speak up, we do it because you first spoke us into being. That is shaping us into who you've called us to be. We pray this in the name of Jesus, who often pestered and bothered God with nothing in return. We pray, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Amen.